Hey, everyone. I am Nick. And I'm Russ. And if you're looking for a podcast about current events that's well-informed, highly educated, and safe to share with your whole family, that's not us. Nope, it's not. But here at the Nick and Russ Don't Know Anything podcast, we have an opinion about everything and don't mind sharing it. That we do. New episodes every Wednesday and Saturday. Check us out at nickandrust.com. And find us on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and many more, including YouTube. Thank you, and I love you all. Mwah! Some of the topics discussed on Blackbird, an advocacy podcast, are difficult to hear. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 19 of Blackbird, an advocacy podcast. It's a big number. I know. We're almost at 20. It's crazy. It we're going to have a 20 party. We should have a 20 party. Yeah, we're going to. Episode 20 in 2020. Sure. That's accurate. They have all been in 2020. Yeah. Awesome. I am your host, Sarah, and with me is Dan. Good afternoon. What? Afternoon. Morning, afternoon, evening. I always want to say good morning, because yeah. we record in the morning. Yeah. But I don't know if it's the afternoon or if it's the evening for them. Right. So I said good afternoon. So you just, like, combined all the words? Yeah. Got it. Everybody's covered. It, yeah, it's true. Yeah. Dan just made up a new word. Yeah. It kind of sounds like a B-movie ripoff of a of a, an M. Night Shyamalan movie. Like, the <laughs> maftening is coming. Yeah. Everyone has to go to the back of the boat. His, his movies have been so bad lately. Yeah, so just imagine what a B-movie ripoff of it would be. <laughs> right. It's terrible. So as we finally begin our deep dive into the world of sexual violence cover-ups in the military, I wanted to start with a case that has been at the crux of this subject for 15 years. In 2005, a soldier serving in the United States Army was found dead in a tent in Iraq. Now you may be thinking that doesn't seem odd as the Iraq war began in 2003. So what makes this case so intriguing and worthy of making a podcast about? The soldier who died in that tent did not die due to the war on terrorism. She died at the hands of one of our own. This is the case of Private First Class Lavina Lynn Johnson. So I'm going to send Dan a picture of Lavina so he knows just who we are talking about today. So that's Lavina Johnson. So um, as you can see, she's a young African-American female. She's holding her rifle. Mm -hmm. She seems very happy. She seems very happy. <laughs> so... Lavina Johnson was born July 27, 1985, in Florissant, Missouri. And being the daughter of a veteran, it seemed only natural for Lavina to want to go into the military. 
And so she enlisted in the Army immediately after graduating from high school in 2003. In 2005, Lavina was deployed to Iraq and stationed in Bilad. On July 19, 2005, just eight days before her 20th birthday, Lavina was found murdered in her tent. It was ruled a suicide, but too many pieces of evidence have come up in this case to almost with 100% certainty rule this a homicide. Many people, including Lavina's family, believe this was a cover-up by the Department of Defense. Dang. That's a, uh, that's big, uh, big claim there. Yes. And we're going to go into all the reasons why, and, uh, that claim may become reality when you hear about everything mm. that's Alrighty, in the well, evidence. Let's get into it. So not only are we going to discuss theories of this case, but we're going to discuss logistics and evidentiary findings. Um, I got a hold of the Department of Defense's investigation report for Lavina's death. So I want to go through the rationale of what could truly have happened to this beautiful, bright young woman. Lavina was found lying on her back in a pool of blood, arm crossed over her face, with her M16 lying across her body. According to the report, the person who found her, and of course names have been redacted from the official report, he said the gun was across her body and she was found under a bench. The official ruling of her death was suicide via intraoral gunshot wound to the head. However, when her father saw Lavina at the funeral home, he raised questions regarding the true manner of death. Through my research, because as I've mentioned before, I am by no means a gun expert or anything even remotely close to someone who knows anything about guns. I found that an M16 is about 39.5 inches in total length and the barrel itself is 20 inches. And Lavina is five foot one. Right. That was my first thought when you said that. I'm like, how the heck is she gonna get the barrel of that standard issue M16 in her mouth and then reach her little arms out and then with her thumb maybe pull the trigger. Right. So <laughs> I'm 5'4 and I don't know how I would even be able to reach out that far to have that in my mouth and be able to reach the trigger. So from what I could find, nothing else was noted about having a vice or anything. And there was, someone had mentioned that um, there was the possibility that she could have pulled the trigger with her toe, but she was found wearing her shoes. Mm -hmm. So even that's out the window. So besides the fact that you'd have to, you'd have to take your one foot and hook it around the back of the grip and then get your toe inside the trigger guard 
and push like that and without the back of the grip slipping off of it, which this is an issue M16, so it doesn't have like grip tape on it or anything. So as you're pushing on it, also because it's an, M an issue uh, M16, that means that the trigger pull is like probably 10 pounds or something like that. So yeah, you're not, you're just not gonna be able to do that with your toe, stop. Even if you somehow fit your toe through the trigger guard, which you're not going to, but she's little, maybe her toes are little. Uh, right. You're gonna have to get one toe through the trigger guard without your other toes hitting anything, hitting the side of the receiver, uh, and then, with your other foot, hold the back of the grip, and then the one toe that you somehow monkeyed your way in there, you're going to have to pull, push through that issue trigger pull, that, like, 10-pound trigger pull. Nah, I'm not buying it. Right? Nah. And no. So if, if you tried to make the argument that somehow she got her hand around it and put her, her index and ring finger and whatnot around the back of the grip and then used her thumb to pull trigger, maybe. But, I mean, I don't think her arms are going to go that long, first of all. And then even still, that's kind of a difficult thing to do. Very difficult. It's one thing if she was just pointing it at herself or something, but even that would be difficult to do because... No, she couldn't. She'd it's have such to... A, it's, a, it's such a long weapon. Right. And it's not light either. It's got a... No. It's got a... It's got a... Um, a solid body stock on it if it's an issue. And now, I mean, I can't see the stock on her particular rifle, but if it's a completely factory-issued rifle, it's got a hollow stock on it, which means it's fairly heavy. The only way that she'd be able to do it is she'd have to have been laying down already. Now, I know they found her laying down, but this is all assuming that you're laying down already, and then somehow your arms are long enough to get around the, the pistol grip. Right. Exactly. So that was my first... In, in, like, my initial reaction to this was, how is she even able to pull the trigger on this large weapon inside of her mouth? Right that first that was like the first thing that i thought that that just doesn't make any sense to me and people of course you do kill themselves with m16s there are multiple reports um that people do this but it's very difficult to be able to pull the trigger with no vice or anything like that um at a height of five foot one <laughs> yeah inside your mouth and again like just just because other people have killed themselves with M16s doesn't mean that they killed themselves with this. I mean, this is at least a 20-inch barrel. I'm looking at the picture of it. If this is her rifle, which, again, we're assuming it is. Right. Because she's posing with it. That is at least a 20-inch barrel on there. Because that that um, fore-end is... It doesn't even look like it's a standard fore-end, which is, which is long. That looks even longer than a standard fore-end. And then the barrel protrudes out of the front of the fore-end like six inches. Like at least six inches. That might be a 24-inch barrel even that's, I mean and just that's a long barrel so other people may have killed themselves with m16s quote-unquote m16s but they could have been m4s with 10 and a half inch barrels or a standard length 16 inch or 14 inch or 12 and a half inch yeah. whatever and you can see from this photo I mean she's she's leaning over in the picture but like look at the look at how yeah. tall that is compared to her yeah you know I mean that's that's like practically half of her height <laughs> that gun yeah that's that's at least a 20 inch barrel and that may even be longer <laughs> i mean the m16 alone is 40 inches right you know and she's five foot one so right. what what is that 61 inches yeah exactly correct. so yeah yeah so we you know um i'm gonna send you a picture now of the actual um crime scene okay so how they found her does anything strike you in this photo? 
Well, like you said, she's got shoes on, so she she definitely couldn't have pulled the trigger with her with her toe. Mm-hmm. They said, well, you said that she uh, had her rifle across her chest, but it's not. Correct. Her rifle's... Now, maybe they moved it. It's, like, way off to the side. Mm-hmm. So maybe when they found her, they moved it, but, like, you're not supposed to move stuff. Correct. When you find someone dead? Correct. That's like rule number one? Yes. So, yes, they, they did move it. Um, when the person who found her came in and saw her, um, he checked for signs of life and everything. Possibly administered CPR. I'm not 100%. That wasn't in the report. Medics, of course, came. So this, is, this photo is taken after the medics even came. Okay. So there was no initial photo taken of her with the rifle actually across her. Right. This is the photo that was taken after many people have come into the crime scene and moved things around. Yeah, I mean, it's clearly, there's like almost nothing. There's like a box of gloves that I assume the medics used. There's right. the there's the, the stretcher Yeah. that I assume they set up to, to move the body. Yes. But why would her arm still be across her face? Like, if you're going to work on somebody as an EMT or a paramedic, you're not going to leave the leave person's arm. arm across their face. Mm -hmm. Especially to take a picture for evidentiary purposes. Yeah. For, like, record-keeping purposes. Yeah. That's just strange. It's very strange. So now I'm going to send you a close-up shot of her face. Hmm. All right, so what... What strikes you about this? This is a close-up shot of her face at the crime scene with her arm across her face. Well, if she supposedly used the rifle to kill herself, absolutely the rifle would have been pointed at an ascending angle like all the way through the top of her head. And from what I can see in this picture, there's no damage to the top of her skull at all. Like, unfortunately, they've got this weirdly placed arm across her face, which I really don't understand why you would do that. So... It's hard to tell if there's any damage to the lower portion of her face, but there's an annoying shadow there, too. But, I, I mean, I, I'm not really seeing much damage to the top of the skull, at least not the front of the top of the skull. Right. And like I said, the only the only way that I can imagine her going through with this suicide is laying down with the rifle basically parallel to her body, with the stock down towards her knee, and the rifle uh, and the muzzle up in her mouth against the roof of her mouth in which case if she discharged it it, it would it would impact at a pretty shallow angle 15 maybe 20 degrees at most um and then that would blow the entire top of her head off so right. <laughs> exactly so, so i would expect to see a lot more damage than this right um furthermore i would expect to see a lot more swelling in her face like in her cheeks and in her cheekbones, and I'm not really, again. This is a picture taken in 2005 on pretty crappy point-and-shoot looking camera, but I would expect to see more damage. And we can't even see the wound itself. Like there's blood all behind her, obviously. Right. But we can't even see the wound itself. Like, it w did she get shot in the face or did she get cut in her throat? Like she could have had her throat cut for all we know. Mm-hmm. That'll right. certainly produce this amount of blood. Why is the, her arm? across her mouth <laughs> why would you do something like that right in two pictures two separate pictures including a close-up right why would you intentionally obscure the singular most important detail which is the wound the wound itself exactly that's just weird and 
using a rifle at close range, like we're just talking about, you would expect to see brain matter everywhere. There would be brain matter. There would be, I mean, I was looking at pictures of people who have shot themselves in the face with, with rifles and it's just their face exploded. So this does right. not look anything like what somebody would look like having put a rifle in their mouth mm -hmm. and shot. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, like we can see the cheeks and I'm not seeing any swelling or anything or any deformation at all of, of her cheeks or her cheekbones, which mm -hmm. I would certainly expect to see. So. Right. So according to witness statements, there are conflicting stories regarding possible depression and suicidal ideation coming from Lavina before she died. Usually when we have cases of suicide, people will have noted things leading up to that moment. It usually isn't just one moment in time where they decide they're going to kill themselves. There's usually some signs, even if people didn't notice them when they were happening, after the person has committed suicide, people in retrospect will go, oh, you know, there was this time where. So a few people mentioned they did not notice anything strange or different about her and that they never heard her speak of suicide or depression in any way. However, one person did mention she had broken up with her boyfriend just before being deployed and another person said Lavina had changed her eating habits, started smoking, and gave some of her possessions away in the weeks leading up to her death. Furthermore, this person also said Lavina spoke multiple times about not wanting to live any longer. But take with that what you will. We do not know how truthful these reports are, and we don't know who exactly is making these allegations against Lavina due to the redacted names in the documents. Right. So, like, normally I would say that that absolutely supports the idea that she committed suicide. Um, but that's, like, too perfect. Like, even the giving the possessions away thing. Yes. Like, that's, like, straight out of the textbook, literally. And her father reportedly said that she did not have a boyfriend, that she was not in a relationship. And there was no suicide note found. Which, again, usually when somebody is leading up to suicide and has spoken about it prior, has, you know, possibly asked for help in, in any certain way, is giving away their possessions, usually you will see a suicide note. Again, this isn't just spur of the moment somebody is going, oh, you know what, I'm going to kill myself now. This is usually a thought through process. So mm -hmm. more times than not, we will see a suicide note. Yeah. And we did I mean, not in this case. If it was a spur of the moment suicide, there would be some buildup of her being angry about something. You know, if, so, if an event triggers someone to want to take their life, that event is going to cause a severe emotional reaction. So she's going to, she's going to walk out of her tent and start kicking shit over and, and breaking things, and somebody's going to see that, and I would assume try to console her, you know what I mean, uh, before she reaches for her rifle. Right. You know? Right. When it's something like this, the other, you know, the other thing is, that when it's something like this, 
where you know you're gonna do it, it's a slow buildup of depression. You're gonna you're gonna set the scene. I mean, right? You tell me. You know more about this stuff than I do. But I I, I think people like 99% of the time they they set the scene. They have pictures of their loved ones. They have a note that they've written. Yes. You know, they put on a shirt that's not dirty. Her shirt is all dirty and greasy. You know, that doesn't strike me as someone who has thought out their suicide. Right. Yeah, she's wearing her PT clothes. So, you know, I would have thought maybe she would have been in more formal garb. Right. In in a situation like this, you know, I, I, I don't I don't know. I don't again, I don't know what was going through her mind. Nobody really does. But there's just a lot about these pictures that strikes me as not suicide mm-hmm. and something else. Yeah. And, the, and at this time, the military was having a real problem with um, not just suicide, but with with, for lack of a better word, controlling the actions and the behaviors of its personnel, specifically its deployed infantry. And uh, there was a lot of cover up crap going on back then you know whether it was misdeeds of the soldiers going and and torturing civilians and whatnot there was a lot of crazy crap going on back then in 05 before everyone had instagram and all this bs and there was very very little traceability and you could pretty much get away with whatever uh this was this was a tumultuous time for the united states military for sure very (sighs) yes you know a lot of people called iraq than the that generation's Vietnam yes. because it was it was very unconventional warfare um, and there was a lot of psychological stress so yeah a lot of crazy stuff happened and because of the time it was easy to brush the stuff under the rug you know yep and you mentioned uh, psychological warfare she had only been deployed for a short time at this point. It wasn't like she had been there for years where it really started eating away at her mental right. health. So again, right. to yeah, to, that's a good point. to lead to suicide and to say that her mental state was was in state unstable, most people who wrote their statements in this investigation report said there was nothing to show that. She was happy. She was always smiling. She was very religious. She would call her family like every week. She had a great support system back at home. That's not a person that commits suicide. Right. So to automatically go to suicide, something something else is there. Yeah. The person who initially found Lavina also stated he saw a small fire in the tent. Other witnesses attest to this, stating the bench where Lavina was said to have been laying near or under was on fire, and a pair of soldiers carried it out of the tent and put out the fire with dirt. There was also a statement that there was more than one fire within the tent, all small fires, but nonetheless, fires. Now, these fires, to me, are incredibly suspect. Inside the tent, investigators found a box of matches as well as an aerosol can that seemed to have exploded, according to the crime scene report. 
Along with the pile of dirt that was used to put out a fire, a partially burned Bible was recovered. And Lavina was said to have been quite religious. So there's a lot to unpack there. Yes, I was literally just thinking, like, that's a lot. <laughs> yes. So as you saw in that crime scene photo, there's no bench. Right. The bench was taken outside to put out the fire. So that's the bench they claim that she was laying under. What strikes you about that? Um, it's broken. It, it Either the fire was under the bench, which is weird, or the bench was turned upside down when it was lit on fire because scorch marks are on the bottom of the bench. What strikes me about it is how do you shoot yourself and wind up underneath that bench? Look how small that opening would be at the bottom. How right. do you wind up under that? Well, you, you don't. And, like, unfortunately, this photo is trash. Yes, they all so are. So it's hard to tell um, if that's blood or if that's... Or if that's scorching from a fire. So they have close-up photos, so let me see if I can get... Okay, so it's not broken. It's just built like that. It's a very unusual bench. You should, I assume you're going to, like, share these on something, Instagram or Twitter or something like that? Yeah, pictures probably, yeah. For people to look at? Yeah, so it, the bench is weird, that it's got, like, this sort of A-frame that goes up to the middle of it and then goes down to the legs. So that's why, at first, when I saw it, I thought it was broken. But it's actually built like that, which is weird. So you can't get under that. No. Like, you can't get under that. If you, sh if you are up and you're shooting yourself and you fall, you're falling on top of that. You're not falling under that. Yeah. Unless you're laying under that already. But if you, even if you're laying under that you and couldn't. you shoot yourself, there's no way that you could get you couldn't. The, the gun in a proper enough position underneath that. No, you, you couldn't because you physically couldn't get yourself under there. There's a... Again, for those of you who aren't looking at the picture, so imagine a bench, which is just a bench top, a bench seat that you sit on, and there are two legs at either end of this bench. It's just like a flat bench. Um, and the legs you figure are, I don't know, a couple of feet tall or whatever a normal seating height is, and that's it. That's all you need for a bench. But for whatever reason, this bench has, like, cross members that come from the bottom of the legs, and they angle up from each of the two legs on the outside of the bench, and they they screw in or nail in or, or adhere to a, a, like a like a little two by four or something at the center of the bench mm -hmm. so that it forms like a little a-frame like a really shallow a-frame now first of all i don't really know why you would do that you don't really need that unless you're going to put like a 600 pound person on there um a regular bench with just a flat top and two legs will do just fine but because you got that a-frame angling in from the legs to the center of the bench and then that 2x4 there in the middle, there's just physically nowhere to be. There's wood in the way. So I don't know how you would even put yourself under this bench at all. You couldn't be under the bench. Right. Period. You couldn't be under that bench. And you, you notice close up now the, the soot from the fire. Yeah, and now that it is close up, I can tell. I, when we were looking at it at first, I couldn't tell if it was soot or if it was blood. Right. Because um, I was thinking, like, all right, maybe if she was under this bench and discharged the firearm, that's all blood. But no, it's soot for sure, and it's a lot of soot. Like, the whole bench is covered, basically. So, yeah. So was this bench upside down when the fire was lit, and the fire was on top of it? Or was it right side up and the fire was lit underneath the bench? Right. And that's a big fire to leave that much soot. 
Right. And they were saying that all of these fires were small fires. Yeah, I don't know what their definition of small is. But. <laughs> and so they found this aerosol can also cap off. They found matches. It looked like the can itself had exploded. So if she shot herself, how then does she light a can on fire? Right. That's not possible. Right. And if, and if she's planning to shoot herself, then why would she bother doing anything with this can? Right. Like, you know, let's just play devil's advocate for a minute and say that she was, you know, using this aerosol can as like a little mini flamethrower or whatever, because whatever, she's bored. It's the desert. It's a war. Yeah. You want to make a flamethrower. It's fun. But then, but then you shoot yourself. That's no, because that shows that you were of a fairly sound mind directly leading up to the incident in which you were killed. So you're you're not going to you're not going to like play and then shoot yourself. Yeah. Unless you've completely lost it, which is not the case here because like you said A she hasn't been here long enough. B there are several reports you know speaking to her soundness of mind. Mhm. So that's kind of weird. Yeah. What else is something that you would want to know about a shooting death. Well, I would want to know a lot of stuff about a shooting death. I would want to know who heard it, where they were when they heard when they heard it, how many shots were fired. Um, for sure. Those are the things I would want to know. And then after the fact, I would want to a look for shell casings and the locations of said shell casings. Um, I would want to know the details of those shell casings to make sure that they are they match the weapon that we think was used. Yes, we can look for GSR on her hands to see if she was the one who discharged the firearm, but that's not going to count really for a rifle. You don't really get GSR on your hands from a rifle like you do with a pistol, because the way the pistol works, the pistol grip is in your hand, and the chamber is right here, where the... Uh, you guys can't see this, but, I mean, just picture a pistol, right? It's small. You, got, you grip the handle, and then you've got what's called the slide, which is the part that encapsulates the barrel, and at the end of the barrel is where the bullet comes from. So the chamber where the where the bullet is fired out of the firearm is like right about if you make like a fake handgun like with your thumb up like you did when you were a kid right the chamber where the bullet is actually fired is right about at the tip of your finger between like the tip of your finger and your second knuckle up um, so that's where the chamber is now what happens is when a pistol cycles that slide comes back and exposes the chamber to eject that spent casing, and when it ejects the spent casing, it ejects a bunch of unburned, um, what they call gunshot residue, a bunch of unburned powder and gases and whatnot. Um, with a rifle like an M16, the chamber is significantly farther up, um, especially with a standard form, a standard pattern rifle as opposed to like a bullpup rifle where the chamber is actually going to be back towards your shoulder. So, I mean, do you get GSR when you fire a rifle? I would imagine you do, but it's, I, I don't think it's the same as when you discharge a pistol. Um, you can speak to that. You're an expert on crime stuff. Well, yeah, I'm not on guns, though. Guns yeah. are the one thing that I really don't know much about. But they did test for, for GSR. They found not enough to conclude that she, indeed, was the one who fired the, the firearm. Right. So that could mean that she didn't fire it. It could mean that um, her hands were wiped 
it could mean that it just didn't fire enough GSR to, like you're saying, that weapon itself just doesn't leave a, a, a lot of GSR behind. So there's a number of reasons why she may not have had any GSR on her. Right. The, this would be the issue pistol for um, the United States Army or at that time for sure. And the chamber is right here. Okay. Yeah. So your hand is here and the chamber is literally right here. It's actually on the M9, it's back a little further than it would be on like a, another pistol would be like up here. The chamber is right here because this whole thing reciprocates back mm -hmm. and then there's a hole here that the casing comes out of and all the bullet stuff comes out of. Right. So your GSR gets all over here. Whereas on a, on a rifle like an AR-15, it's it's actually closer to your finger than I was thinking in my head. So you might get some on the tip of your finger. But the point is you would still probably get GSR on it. Right. So uh, according to the forensic report, they did not find enough GSR to determine whether or not she indeed was the one to fire that weapon. Also, the statement from the witness who said they heard the gunshot said that they only heard one gunshot. So you had asked. Right. Um, they said they only heard one gun gunshot and then saw the fire. So again, to my point before, if they heard the gunshot and then saw the fire happen, how in the world is she shooting herself and then lighting a fire? Right, well, she's not. So you'd have to light the fire and then shoot yourself. And then shoot but yourself. But again, like, why would you do that? Like, unless... And again, I'm just, I'm just playing devil's advocate here. Like, let's say that she's having some crisis of faith. She burns the Bible and then kills herself. Maybe. You know, that's the only way I can see this happening. Right. Well... You also mentioned shell casings. So a shell casing was found under her right leg. And we'll get more into that in a little while about that shell casing. But for the time being, we're going to have to make this a two-parter. Because there is so much going into this case. Yeah. That we aren't even halfway through it. Wow. Yeah, and it's already getting late. <laughs> and uh, yes, we've already we've already said quite a lot. Yeah. So at this point, we are going to pause this story, and we're gonna pick it up in part two, which will be next week's episode. So, final thoughts for this part of it. You know, it's it's tough. Honestly, um, because there are a lot of details that line up with the idea that she committed suicide, but then there are things that don't, and then there are things that are that line up too well, like the idea that the army reported that she was giving away her possessions and that she broke up with a boyfriend and that she had been sad and talked about killing herself. Like, okay, like yeah, that stuff does happen, but that's like textbook. Like, where does that come from when all of a sudden, you know, from someone who's of sound mind before that? Um, and then there's just weird stuff, too. Like, the photos, all the other photos, too. Like, you showed me that PDF. All the other photos are documented perfectly. They're taken at the right angle with the right lighting. They've got, you know, the measuring bars out and the contrast bars out and everything is perfect. But then the photos of the victim 
are like the worst that you could possibly do for taking photos of a victim. Yes, the like, most the important photos of right. the crime scene are like the worst that you could possibly do. Um, the scene looks very sanitized. Like if this is her tent, and that was a big tent. Um, I, I guess Sarah will probably post pictures of it for you guys to look at. That was a big tent, so that was clearly her home, and there was nothing but this bench. So we're actually it. we're actually going to get into that too. The tent was not her tent; okay. it was a contractor's tent, and it was where they would go for breaks, where the where the military service okay. members would go for like breaks. Okay. So there's another part of it where there was like a desk. Right. But so where did that stuff all go? I guess we'll get into that in part two. But anyways, on my final thoughts, yeah. So that's weird. The scene is like completely sanitized. Why did they drag the bench out instead of just putting the putting the fire out? Because they had to get dirt outside. It's a tent. It's on dirt. You could have just used the dirt right there. Why waste the time and risk yourself getting burned? No. Um, so they apparently put the dirt in a bucket. And, and then, then poured the dirt, poured on. The dirt you, on it. You have a bucket. It's called your hands. Okay. So that's weird. Yep. But okay, whatever. I can, I can, I can forgive that. I can let that go. Um, yeah, the idea that she gets this, this full length, at least full length issue M16 at five foot one in her mouth and discharges it. That's a stretch. I'm not saying it's impossible, but I'm, but I'm saying it's a stretch. No pun um, intended. <laughs> yeah. She's not going to get it in her mouth standing up and discharge the firearm because her arms are just not going to be long enough. I mean, when you're five foot one, your arms are two feet long, maybe. So you've got to go 41 inches just to get, well, not 41 inches to get the trigger, but you've got to get 30 inches to get to the trigger and you've only got 24 inches of total reach. Mm -hmm. So it's physically impossible, let alone logistically. Um, the, the damage to her face does not seem consistent with having with having discharged the firearm in your mouth. Um, so that's weird. The fact that she burned a Bible as an otherwise happy religious person, that's weird. I don't know, you know, as much as I want to be like, oh yeah, this was totally a cover-up drama clickbait. Like, it's, it's, it's weird. It's weird in a lot of ways. I can tell you one thing, this is definitely going to need a part two. Definitely. So we will give you that part two next week. And as for now, if you or someone you know has a story that you would like to share on Blackbird, you can email us at blackbirdadvocacy at gmail.com or you can DM us on Instagram at blackbirdadvocacy. We are now on Twitter and YouTube. We finally are like completing the, that wouldn't be trifecta because we're on Facebook and stuff too. Yeah, sure. Many facts. The many, exactly. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Blackbird underscore pod because Blackbird advocacy is too many characters because, you know, Twitter does their limited, uh, limited characters thing. I would know I don't do Twitter. I know. Uh, everyone was telling me that we should go on Twitter. So I joined. Twitter well, yeah, you have, to, you have to be on all the platforms. We're also on TikTok now. I feel so old being on TikTok, but we are on TikTok also. You can find us there at Blackbird Advocacy. YouTube, we are Blackbird and Advocacy Podcast. We only have about 10 of our episodes up. Um, But if you want to stare at some pictures while you listen, (laughs) you can go to our YouTube. Um, And uh, as always, we are on uh, every major podcast platform that you can find us on. 
Yeah, we were thinking about going on World Star, but we figured it's not appropriate content. <laughs> we wouldn't find a lot of consumers there. No. So as always, be safe, be aware of your surroundings, and continue, please continue to social distance if you can. Yeah, like, I'm not even going to get into it. We get into this every episode. Just freaking, just, just be reasonable. Yeah. Just, just, just use your brain. Use your brain. Wear use a mask. Your brain. <laughs> it's the most energy consumptive part of your body. It's true. Get something out of that energy. Absolutely. And uh, we will see you next week. We are Pod Jerky, two Canadian buddies serving up multi-flavored audio jerky in every episode. If you like good times, strong coffee, maple syrup, swamp donkeys, hockey, the outdoors common sense, dogs, conspiracy theories, sports, and life in general, then subscribe and follow our podcast and check out our social media channel at Pod Jerky. Pod Jerky. Make it a double.